Welcome to the Positive Sports Podcast. I'll be your host, Ed Montana. As you can see, I do not have my brother Alex with me today. And this is not a regular weekly episode. We just had some stuff happen in the sports world that I just wanted to address. And so I decided to quickly get on and do a podcast with just me covering my thoughts on some of the stuff going on in the world today. Alex will be back for a regular episode, more likely than not, tomorrow. Anyway, one of the things that's happened in this pandemic world of ours is I have been working from home. So I work from home every day. I've literally been to the office once in the last 15 months. And so when you work at home, you have the TV on all the time. I, being the sports junkie that I am, have sports on all the time. Well, one of the things I discovered is that there's no live sports during the day. It's all replays, except for the world of tennis. And so, tennis has tournaments all around the world all year long. There's, there's Everyone knows about the majors, right? The Australian Open, the French Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open. But, aside from that, you've got what they call uh, Top 1000, Top 250, uh, the 250 Tournament Series. I don't know what they're all called. They've got all kinds of tournaments. And <clears throat> there's a tournament, there's more multiple tournaments on all year long, every day of the week. So the only live, and most of it's in Europe. So the only live sports I get during the day, during the work week, is tennis on the tennis channel. So I started watching a lot of tennis. I started following a lot of tennis. I follow a guy on uh, Twitter, John, uh, JR, at JR Tweets uh, Tennis. I should probably check and make sure that's what it is. Uh, because off the top of my head, I don't recall. Um, I, file, I follow another guy, uh, Snizemaster. Um, <clears throat> at Snizemaster. Again, great tennis content. They bet on tennis. They talk tennis. It's great stuff. Um, the other one is... I'm, hold on. I'm looking for it because if I get it wrong, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hate myself. The other one is John at JR Tweets Tennis on Twitter. Uh, those are my two favorites uh, online. Uh, they have great tennis content. They know tennis. They follow it all the way down to like the Challenger series, which is like, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, but it's like double A baseball, right? It's, I mean, they're still getting paid and all, but they're just not, you know, they're far away from a major tournament. So I follow a lot of tennis now. Now, mind you, I've always followed the majors, right? When the, when the Australian Open rolls around and you got tennis matches on at three in the morning, Sometimes I have been known to get up and watch a tennis match at 3 in the morning or stay up till 1 in the morning and watch a tennis match for the Australian Open. It's two weeks. I love it. The French Open rolls around. I'm not a big fan of clay. Just because I think it's kind of weird. But you know what? I still watch that. Rafa Nadal wins the French Open every year. He's won it like 19 times or something ridiculous like that. Anyway, Wimbledon rolls around. Yeah, I do breakfast at Wimbledon. Right on the Saturday, the the women's final on Saturday, the men's final on Sunday. You get up at six in the morning, and I have coffee and I watch the the finals. And I watch it during the whole turn. The U.S. Open, I eat up the U.S. Open. I watch a ton of the U.S. Open. I love it. It's in September around uh, the week after Labor Day, I think it is, and it's great. Right, they play matches well into the night. It's fantastic. So I'm not completely oblivious to the world of tennis. By, by me telling you all of my background here on tennis, 
I'm pretty sure you can guess that my topic of conversation tonight is Naomi Osaka and the French Open. Now, for those of you that may not be well-versed in the sport of tennis, let me give you a little background. Naomi Osaka is a young lady uh, born in Japan, raised in the U.S. She, I think she claims Japanese, but she claims both. Interesting fact about her, her name is Naomi Osaka, and she was born in Osaka, Japan. To me, that's interesting. To you, it may not be. I don't know. Whatever. Just an interesting, fun fact about her. She's a 23-year-old young lady. In 2018, she burst on the scene, and she had been coming up through the ranks. But in 2018, she really burst on the scene at the U.S. Open, defeating Serena Williams in the finals. What makes that match so interesting in this history is Serena Williams got into... A little bit of verbal warfare with the chair umpire. She was penalized a point. Then she was penalized a game. Um, it became quite controversial. Obviously, most people at the U.S. Open were cheering for Serena. And here comes this mild-mannered 18-year-old. With a great game, by the way. Mild-mannered 18-year-old. And she wins this tennis match and she wins the U.S. Open. And unfortunately, the fans and the fans reacted poorly. They booed her a lot. They booed the situation, but it felt like they were booing her. And Serena was very gracious in the um, in the award ceremony after the match. Uh, asked people to stop booing uh, and celebrate what Osaka had accomplished. But Osaka, winning her first major title, really didn't get to enjoy it. I mean, she spent most of her time crying. She was um, overwhelmed with emotion, right? First of all, she she just, I'm sure, completed a dream of hers from when she was very small to win a major championship. And to now have people booing her in that moment of great joy, you know, just winning the major, I'm sure, is, is emotionally overwhelming for her. But then on top of that, to be booed, it's just, it's a weird dynamic. And so, it, it was just a, an incredibly difficult moment to watch. E even watching on TV, it was incredibly difficult to see this young lady accepting her award and, and hearing boos from the crowd. It was just very, very bizarre. And she's, she's not like Serena, right? Serena's pretty effervescent, very outgoing. She's... Obviously been in front of the media for a long time. She's comfortable there. Naomi's not that way. Naomi's more reserved. Naomi's more to herself. She's more of an introvert. Uh, a lot of times you see her um, walking to the court or even you know after matches she's wearing headphones. It's like she she's socially, she struggles a little bit. Uh, it, it, it is, no, I shouldn't say she struggles. It is not comfortable for her. Now, since that time, she's gone on to uh, win the U.S. Open again in 2020. She's won the Australian Open twice. She has not done particularly well at Wimbledon. And she has not done particularly well at, uh, at the French Open, which are two different types of surfaces, right? The French Open being on clay, a little bit slower. Um, and then Wimbledon being on grass, which is completely different, right? She's done really well on hard courts. But since winning that first U.S. Open, she has really become the number one player in the world. And I don't know what her actual ranking is today. She may be one or two or something like that. I don't know. 
But she is the most dominant player in women's tennis today. A lot of people think women's tennis, I mean, you think about Serena Williams, but, but Naomi Osaka has now gotten to the point, especially on hard courts, where she is flat out dominant and she is flat out the most dominant women's player in the world today. Fast forward to last Wednesday, about four days before the tournament. The tournament started yesterday on Sunday, the French Open. Four days before that, she announces on Twitter that she will not be doing any press conferences. Um, that she's tired of answering the same questions repeatedly. She doesn't want to be around the negative energy that sometimes accompanies those questions. And um, that she would not, she would be skipping the press conference throughout the tournament. I I don't like it when players do this. Now, she cited her mental health. She made the comment that it was for her own mental health. But in addition to that, the other comments that she made were related to repetitive questions and to negative energy from the press. And what that means to me is... I don't want to hear I don't want to hear the questions about why I am not as dominant on clay as I am on other surfaces. She has admitted her clay game is a work in progress. And let me tell you, on hard courts, she's a finished product. She's dominant. She's flat out dominant. And while I understand and I even appreciate that she doesn't want to be around the negativity and it, it's she framed it as negativity which I agree with her. It is. Sometimes the media, especially the European media, can be kind of pushy with a negative agenda. Especially when you're a dominant athlete like she is. And I completely understand her wanting to kind of take care of her own self and not have to hear the constant barrage of criticism and questions about her faltering uh, clay game, which is probably going to send her to the quarterfinals, which, you know, ain't half bad. But obviously everyone, if she doesn't win, it's a failure. I mean, that's kind of the way it feels with her. She's that good. So I understand her side of it. And I, and I agree with her. And she was willing to get fined for it, right? The... All of the clauses in their contracts that the majors require them to do press press conferences and be available to the media after their tennis matches. And she says she doesn't want to do it. And she's not going to do it. And she's probably going to get fined for it. And, and apparently she's okay with that. She's not complaining about the structure. She's willing to do it. Now, two things. First off, her timing is not good, right? If you not if you don't want to do the press, that's probably not something you talk about through Twitter. And it's probably not something that you do 4 days before the tournament starts and blindside the tournament officials. Because the tournament officials obviously have a vested interest in having you at those press conferences. It's part of what builds the French Open, right? So her timing is not good. Her delivery is not good. Now, I could say a bunch of other stuff, 
right? Have some respect for the sport and go and do your job and this, that, and the other thing. Look, she can't, she, she feels like she can't do it. She feels like it hurts her performance. She feels like the negativity will just negatively impact her performance on the court, right? Her mental health is, is part of it. We demand of these athletes that they take care of their bodies. What do you mean you put on 20 pounds in the offseason? You're a professional athlete. You need to take care of yourself even in the offseason. But we don't say anything about their mental health. And here's someone who is wanting to take care of her mental health. So while I realize it's part of the job, while I realize that part of the reason she gets to make the amount of money she makes now is because of the time and effort that others have put into the media in the years past, right? Tennis wouldn't be where it is now if it weren't for the huge TV contracts. Well, how did those TV contracts become that way? Because instead of just giving them two hours of tennis on the court, you also gave them a half-hour post-match interview that way you could have provided a soundbite that you know, drummed up even more interest. So part of the reason she's making the purses she's making and part of the reason she has the endorsement dollars that she has is because others before her did the media and did that part of the job, however distasteful it may have been to them, right? So I criticize her for not being kind of a team player, let's say. But at the same time, her mental health is her mental health. And I understand that part of it too. She's been battling depression since 2018 when fans ridiculously booed the result of a match because their player or the player they wanted to win was screwed over by the officials or whatever you want to call it. She's been struggling with issues. So while I think she should be available for press conferences, she's trying to take care of her mental health. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. She's going to get fined. She's going to pay the piper, right, for not being available. She's going to pay the fines. It's in her contract. She gets fined $15,000. Okay. And she's willing to do it. For her, that is $15,000 of therapy, right? She's willing to pay $15,000 for a half hour of therapy. That therapy being, I'm going to avoid the negative questions that the press is gonna ask me about my clay court game here at the French Open. If she wants to pay that much money, who am I to say don't spend your money that way, right? Okay, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. That, that's how she's choosing to spend her money. She could win $1.2 million for winning the French Open. And she's willing to part with $15,000 and I mean, maybe $25,000 in the second round. And it may add up to $100,000 over the course of the tournament. Two hundred. She's willing to part with that money. That's how she's choosing to spend her money. Time is money. And she's choosing to spend it that way. I have no problem with it. I find it a bit short-sighted and you know, maybe even a little selfish that she doesn't just go and answer a few questions and move on. But if that's how she chooses to spend her money, that's fine with me. She's paying the price for not doing what the others are doing, right? What 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 Serena Williams is going to do after her tennis match and what every other women's tennis player is going to do after their match. 
Okay. So be it. Right? Free will. Free will, folks. You can't influence free will. Well, you can influence, but you can't make people do what they don't want to do. And she's willing to part with the money. And so be it. But then here's where it gets dicey. And this is where I have a problem. The French Open and the Federation of Grand Slam tournaments or whatever comes out and says she will be subject. She was fined $15,000 for not showing up for the press conference after her first round match. But then they had to go further. They had to push it. They had to show who was boss. And they said she could be subject to escalating fines up to and including default from the tournament. For those of you that watch this podcast, you can see my face and can probably see my disgust. For those of you who are listening to this podcast, I have a face riddled with disgust. For the French Open organizers and the Grand Slam tournament organizers who put out that press release, who had to take it a step further, who had to show who was boss, who had to try to, and I hate to use this word, who tried to bully a 23-year-old to show up at press conferences. At press conferences. Never mind the fact that she's going to go out there. It takes seven matches to win the French Open. She's going to go out there for four, five, six, maybe all seven matches and put butts in seats for your tournament with her excellent tennis play. But you're going to try to bully her and threaten to kick her out of the tournament because she won't do a 20-minute press conference after her matches. She's going to go out there and play great tennis. She's going to be dominant. She's going to be exciting. She's going to be really good. She's going to make it into the second week, possibly to your semifinals and your finals. When the stadium is packed, when the prices have tripled, she's going to do that part of the contract. She's going to win matches and she's going to stand on the court, tired, and answer the on-court interview questions. For the fans that paid to get in there. But because she's not going to do the 20 minutes with the media afterwards. You're willing to kick her out. So you're willing to play the bully. You couldn't just shut up and fine her after every press conference she missed. No, you couldn't do that. You had to threaten her. You had to threaten her. And now here's where things have changed. Because while back in the 90s and 80s and 70s, early 2000s, you could bully tennis players. Because they were only making $200,000 to win. They didn't have the kind of endorsement dollar they have now. Naomi Osaka's made $18 million in career earnings. She earns 20 to $30 million in endorsements every year. And let's just say it's only been for the last three years. Let's say it's only been two years because 2020 and COVID, maybe she didn't get paid as much for endorsements. She's got $40 million in the bank. She's got fuck you money. So what did Naomi Osaka do today? She figuratively said, fuck you, and pulled out of the French Open. 
Good job, French Open. Good job, Grand Slam tournament organizers. Good job. You deprived us of the number one player in tennis. Because you had to show her who was boss. When she's over here trying to take care of her mental health. Good job. Excellent. Excellent work. You just pushed the number one tennis player in the world out of your tournament. Why? Because you wanted to show her who was boss. Because it wasn't enough for you to fine her $15,000, $50,000 per press conference. Think about this. She would have made $1.2 million to win the French Open. You find her $15,000 for that first one. If you'd have doubled it every time, it would have been 15, 30, uh, 60, 120, 240, half a million dollars. Heck, you'd have taken the whole prize money away from her by the time she got to the finals. You could have done that. And still had the number one tennis player in the world playing at your tournament, putting butts in seats, having people tune in two weeks from now on a Sunday, on a Saturday morning to watch the French Open final on that god-awful orange clay that looks like a complete eyesore. You could have had the number one tennis player in the world. I don't know who she was going to face along the way, but you could have had a matchup with Serena, which does gangbusters for ratings. I watched those two play a, a, a match at, at, I think it was at Indian Wells. I don't even know where Indian Wells is, but I knew Naomi Osaka was playing Serena Williams, and guess what? I tuned in. I don't tune in if it's Serena Williams against Betty Lou. And I don't tune in if it's Naomi Osaka against Betty Lou at Indian Wells, which I don't even know what country that's in. But if it's Naomi Osaka and Serena Williams, you better believe I'm tuning in. But I'm not going to get that. And neither are you, French Open and Grand Slam tournament organizers. Neither are you, because you decided you were going to bully someone. Because you decided that it's important for the world to know that we are the ones in charge here. We run these press conferences. We demand that they show up. And if they don't, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are you doing? Was it really necessary to go that far with someone who is telling you she's having mental health issues? By the way, she's not saying... I'm not showing up because I don't care. She's not saying I'm not showing up because I think it's a big waste of time. She's already told you she has mental health issues. Oh, but maybe she's flubbing. Maybe she's lying. Maybe she's being overly dramatic. Okay. Maybe she is. But maybe she's not. Oh, but it's not fair to the other players. Okay. What happens, here's my question. This is the one thing, and, and maybe maybe John at JR Tweets Tennis knows, maybe Snize knows at Snize Master. What happens if a player during their match, let's say they twist their ankle or they feel a tightness in their hamstring and somehow they finish the match, they limp through and win. The best thing for them immediately after getting off the court 
is going to get treatment. Not going to a press conference, not going to the local pub to have a beer. Going straight to the trainer's room and get some treatment on that sore hamstring, on that calf muscle, on that sprained ankle. Do they still have to go to the press conference? Are they still going to get fined for not showing up at the press conference? Isn't this kind of the same thing? She has a lingering injury. Mental health. She's treating it by not being around these dum-dums who constantly ask her why her clay game isn't as good as her hardcore game. Or whatever else it is. They're going to ask her her favorite flavor of ice cream. Or they're going to go back and rehash why she's not an American when she's been here since she was three, but she was born in Japan. Why does she claim the Japanese flag? Whatever stupid question they want to ask. Whatever quote-unquote controversial question they want to ask. Look, is she wrong for not doing it? Would it be better if she did it? Absolutely. Is it slightly unfair to the other players who are going to sit there and do it and are going to take 20 and 30 minutes of their time? Yeah, it is. But she's got a mental... She's telling you she has a mental health issue. Now, could she have done it better? Could she have told you maybe two months ago, hey, look, we're coming up on your tournament. I've just... She could, have, she could have come to the French Open people after the Australian Open when she won and said, look, this press conference stuff doesn't work for me. Can we work something out? Could she have done that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I do not absolve her of, of, of any fault in this whole controversy. But, but, she has a very small piece, and I'll tell you why. One... She's talking about her mental health. Two, she's willing to put her money where her mouth is. She's willing to take your fine. She's willing to pay to avoid the press conference. She's willing to do it. And now that you've pushed her in a corner, she's willing to quit your tournament. So there you go. Big, bad French Open. You big, bad Grand Slam tennis tournament organizers. Good job. I hope you guys feel mighty powerful. Thump your chest. You just lost the number one tennis player in the world. And while I don't agree with Naomi Osaka overall, I do agree with this. Leave before they kick you out. It's just like when you go to a party... Don't wait for them to kick you out. Leave before they tell you it's time to go. It's a lot more embarrassing to get kicked out than it is to say, all right, folks, I'm out of here. So she did the right thing. And now you guys, and by you guys I mean the French Open and the Grand Slam Tennis Tournament organizers, now you guys can thump your chest. And by golly, if someone else decides not to show up to a press conference, you can just show what you did to Naomi Osaka. How you as a big bad organization that makes money off the backs of tennis players that practice and play their entire lives to get to this point, and all you do is prop up the courts and put up the cameras and the lights, how big bad you are that you bullied a 23-year-old girl into quitting your tournament. Good job. 
I am sure that you have now earned the respect and the fear of every other tennis player on tour. Congratulations. It's absolutely silly. I will say this. As my parting salvo. It's a loss for us tennis fans. I was genuinely looking forward to seeing how Naomi Osaka's clay court game had evolved. She's the number one tennis player in the world. She is the number one tennis player in the world. Clay courts are... Don't suit her. She's not used to it. She doesn't play as much on them. Her game is not styled for it. But she was going to give it a go. And I'm sad that we won't get to see how far she could make it this year. I don't know if she was going to win. I don't know if she was going to get bounced in the second round. I don't know. But I was very curious to see. I was going to tune in. I was going to pay attention. I was going to go on FrenchOpen.com and... Check out check out the highlights. Check out the scores. See the stats. But I don't get that. And many, many, many other tennis fans don't get that. And that's a tragedy. Well, a tragedy is overstating it. That sucks for us. And finally, for Naomi Osaka, whatever your depression is, whatever your mental health issues are, I hope... That you find peace and I hope that you improve your state of mind and that you can be as happy as possible in this world of tennis. It's not easy being a professional athlete. It's not easy being famous. We're not built to be famous. It's hard. And I hope that you can cope with the demands of the profession that you have chosen. And... While I commend you for pulling out of the tournament to take care of yourself, in the future, handle these things behind closed doors with the organizers. You can go a lot farther that way for yourself and for your fellow athletes that are looking at the same issues that you're looking at. It's a shame that we're not going to get her for the next two weeks, but hopefully she'll be Better than ever when she comes back, whenever that is. Wimbledon, U.S. Open, or Indian Wells, wherever that is. I don't know. It's a darn shame, but such is life sometimes. Folks, as always, if you want to catch our show, you can watch the Positive Sports Podcast, this episode, and many others on YouTube. Or you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, And you can catch us there as well. Go ahead and send us your comments through those platforms. Like, subscribe so that you're always notified when there's a new episode for you to listen to and or watch. If you want to get a hold of my brother, you can do so on Twitter at BrooklynGaucho1. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can do so on Twitter as well at emontana twenty one. You can also email the show, positivesports10 at gmail.com, positivesports10 at gmail.com. Like I said, if you want to follow some good tennis content and commentary, you can hit John up at JRTweetsTennis on Twitter or the Snizemaster at Snizemaster also on Twitter. And with that, folks, we've come to the end of another wonderful episode of the Positive Sports Podcast. Y'all have a great Great Memorial Day weekend. 
Much love and respect to all who have served, and especially to those that we have lost in service to give us the freedoms that we have today. And we'll catch you on the next one. As always, folks, ignore the negativity. Be the positivity. Peace.